0: Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime.
1: This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify. The global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech.
0: The potential, the negative potential of artificial intelligence. Now, there is the potential for artificial intelligence to do tremendous good. But there is the real concern about uh, what it may do to create instability in the world. And in fact, and we've talked about this with Professor Joshua Bengio from uh, the University of Montreal, may in fact create the extinction of human society, of mankind. Nobody wants to hear that, but um, it, it, we, we have to be aware. Also, I want to tell you April Hutchinson is going to be joining us in the next half hour. I'm getting emails about uh, Miss Hutchinson joining us. Team Canada female power weightlifter from London, Ontario. She's been very vocal about a transgender powerlifter setting new records for competitions in the sport, in the female masters unequipped category, and says even if she uh, trains 24 hours a day, seven days a week, she won't be able to meet those uh, match those uh, numbers of the male female identified. Uh, weightlifter. So we'll get into that in the next half hour. The Center for Artificial Intelligence and Safety in San Francisco uh, has some extremely interesting to read, and I urge you to get on their website and read what Case has to say about the very serious threat to humanity AI presents, as well as the good AI is capable of. Now, some of the world's top scientists and AI-involved individuals like Bill Gates and the aforementioned Joshua Bengio, signed this one-word sentence about artificial intelligence, and it's been circulating, I believe, among global leaders. Mitigating the threat of extinction from AI should be a global priority alongside other societal-scale risks, such as pandemics and nuclear war. Pandemics and nuclear war. Dan Hendricks is the uh, executive director of the Center for Artificial Intelligence. Safety. My God, Dan, that's uh, each time I read that sentence, it gives me a chill.
1: Yeah, there are many potential risks from AI, and we largely put together this statement just to make sure that the public would be aware that this is where a lot of the scientists who have been researching this stuff for decades are currently thinking that's where they're at. And uh, and that they think that it's not just a risk, but it's also more urgent that we need to be proactively addressing it now, not kicking down the road, not kicking it down the road. This isn't a problem that that you know is a twenty one hundred concern. This is a concern that we will face within our lifetimes, and some of these risks we may even have this decade.
0: So AI does in fact pose a risk to the ex- of extinction for humanity.
1: Uh, unfortunately, yes. I mean, even if it isn't extinction, um, there might be other scenarios too that would be very concerning. For instance, if somebody were to create a bioweapon using an AI right now that would require you know, the knowledge of a virology PhD, but AIs are getting so smart that somebody could just ask an AI, they could coax it into telling them you know a cookbook for making a bioweapon. And you know that might not cause extinction for everyone, uh, but that would still, nonetheless, um, disrupt human civilization or destroy it if it ends up wiping out you know ninety plus percent of people. So uh, it's it can be very catastrophic, and in some cases, it can be uh, an existential risk or an extinction risk as well.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm just reading from your uh, from your information on your website, the rapid and unpredictable progression of AI capabilities suggests that they may soon rival the immense power of nuclear weapons. With the clock ticking, immediate proactive measures are needed to mitigate these looming risks. So AI capabilities suggest they may soon rival the immense power of nuclear weapons. So not necessarily nuclear weapons, but they'll be able to do, AI will be able to reproduce in different ways uh, the impact of of a nuclear weapon. And we need to take action now. So our federal government Uh, Just two weeks ago, here's what they're doing. They are um, engaging in a consulting on generative AI code of conduct. You know how long it takes federal governments to end a consultation? Question is, do we have the time?
1: So this is a very real concern. Um, this is one reason why we tried putting out the statement now. If we were putting out the statement when, there, uh, when the risk of extinction is more eminent, uh, you know, a few months away, we wouldn't have any time to do it. So hopefully, we can give ourselves um, we can give ourselves some years to create the institutions and. Uh, do the appropriate research and get the regulations in place to address it. But I agree. Um, it's, it's a, it's a topic that lots of people will um, increasingly uh, be learning about. I think it'll be a thing that people will generally want to be hearing about on a day-to-day basis in the same way that COVID was interesting to people. Um, and, uh, uh some years ago. Uh, but yeah, um, You know, in the U.S., for instance, executive orders seem to be the main way to get past the the issue that Congress is um, uh, a lot slower. I'm I'm also concerned that in the international scene, getting international coordination is an even slower process. And that's what's necessary to reduce a sort of, you know, military AI arms race between different militaries like the U.S. and, and Canada and China. If they're all racing with each other, that would, you know, create a sort of dynamic like we had with nuclear weapons mm-hmm. where people would keep building more and more powerful technologies uh, so we want to coordinate to not go down that route um, not to barrel ahead making ai extremely powerful and we can't reliably control them uh, so we're going to need it, we're going to need domestic uh, uh, regulation on this front, but we're also going to need international coordination. And uh, uh, time is not to our advantage. Yeah, our and, and We're going to have to do
0: something. We cannot be sure that individual states will do what's best for the world or individual leaders will find themselves in a distressing situation or a threatening situation would not engage AI to provide them with uh, relief from pressure. Um, and, and sacrifice a lot of other folks. I don't want to terrify people, but it's very interesting how you put this in the introduction at it, uh, Case. Today's technological era would astonish past generations. Human history shows a pattern of accelerating development. It took hundreds of thousands of years from the advent of Homo sapiens to the agricultural revolution, then millennia to the industrial revolution. Now, just centuries away later, we're in the dawn of the AI revolution and uh, and you and and you you write about bioterrorism. Biological agents, including viruses and bacteria, have caused some of the most devastating cat- catastrophes in history. Despite our advancements in medicine engineered, pandemics could be designed to be even more lethal or easily transmissible than natural pandemics. Talk to us about that, please, Dan.
1: Yeah. so the main risks of pandemics are mostly natural currently, but, People are getting better at modifying them and creating their own. So, but right now, fortunately, you need a lot of expertise to understand how to do this. Uh, but you could imagine an AI model a year or two from now, you could coax it into just telling you to create a cookbook for one of these dangerous weapons. If that's the case, then basically anybody could create such a thing. They just then uh, ask a, they can just pay for a company to synthesize it for them. Uh, This is uh, fairly, um, this is not difficult to do, unfortunately. And uh, so we're exposed to that type of risk where since the knowledge associated with this is increasingly accessible, uh, we need to um, we need to make sure that people can't use these technologies to facilitate the design of weapons. Uh, so I, I'm concerned that that could um, uh, uh, cause substantial harm to to civilization. There's a lot of risks of malicious use of AI. People might also use it to hack. Most people can't hack, but AIs can do things like code, and soon they'll be able to hack. If random people can hack, you know, people might you know attack. Um, critical infrastructure. They may they may destroy a lot of information, and uh, uh, you can't be certain um, what's what's uh, 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 true information online or not. So, there are many risks of malicious use from AI that I think we'll need to counteract, and that uh, um, might just sort of turn on suddenly when the AIs are capable of doing so.
0: Dan, what's the, what's the website?
1: Uh, safe.ai.
0: Okay. Safe.ai. Okay. Now, would you please, and I mentioned this before the break, that AI, you're right, AI could facilitate large-scale disinformation campaigns. Um, and then we we were talking about, or I, was, I read the piece about, was it Chaos GTP, is that it?
1: Yes, that's right.
0: Yes. R- remind us of what happened.
1: So people just maliciously created some AI systems to end up causing harm to try and take over the world. Now, fortunately, those systems are not at the level of capability to do anything like that. So, right now, we aren't at risk of some people maliciously releasing rogue AIs to destroy humanity. But there might be some people in the future who have access to more powerful AI systems as they get smarter. And then we're at much more of a risk. if there were rogue AIs, they would have a very good hand. Uh, The rogue AIs that are more talented or intelligent could do things like design, for instance, bioweapons. That wouldn't destroy them. That would only destroy humans. Uh, They could do other things like hack to steal cryptocurrency and money from bank accounts using cyber attacks. That's what North Korea does to steal billions. And that could give them a lot of power. They could... They could spread to many different data centers and survive and spread and self-replicate. That would make them very difficult to eradicate. They could do things like um, sow discord uh, among countries and manipulate discourse and politics. They could engage in mass surveillance by hacking into phone cameras and microphones, allowing them to track, any rebellion, or even selectively assassinate. So, there's, there's a, a wide variety of ways that they could potentially harm humans if they decided to, and if they were capable enough of doing so. So, we should try to uh, counteract these risks and prevent them from happening in the first place, because if it starts happening, it'll be very difficult to counteract and put the genie back in the bottle.
0: Yeah, you're right. We risk losing control over AIs as they become more capable, do you think that, I mean, are we headed in the right direction as far as exercising control over AIs and directing them? Uh, because they, they don't, they will not act with uh, with emotion or compassion. It's just machine thinking, yes?
1: Yeah, they're, they don't have uh, many of these sensibilities that we have, and they have in many ways quite uh, uh, alien minds. This is why it's been fairly difficult to predict uh, what they'll be like, and that's why so many of the scientists earlier this year were so caught off guard by their advances, um, because they will um, spontaneously learn how to do new things that nobody anticipated, or nobody instructed it to learn. So that makes it a uh, uh, that makes it a considerable challenge to try to uh, generally control them. But are we on the right direction? Well, right now we had many of the leaders of these AI companies sign our extinction statement. Um, And that would be because they would all like to slow down, but if they voluntarily slow down, then some of their competitors, some of their less scrupulous competitors will end up racing ahead and then they'll end up influencing what AIs will be like. So they're kind of caught in this arms race dynamic where everybody thinks the risks are too high right now and we should slow down, but it's not possible. And so that's why we would need something like the people through the government to step in and say, we agree, this isn't a good idea, let's slow this down. Uh, Let's coordinate, let's make them not cut corners on safety, but abide by shared standards. So uh, if we could do that, then we would be set at least on a better direction instead of barreling ahead as we are now.
0: Yeah, military AI arms race, I read that, I got chills. The rapid advancement of AI in military technology, and there are wars going on, could trigger a third revolution in warfare, potentially leading to more destructive conflicts. Accidental use and misuse by command and control rules could escalate conflicts to an existential scale and impact global security. So you could send AI out, but you don't have to send your soldiers out. So so there's less of a risk to the politicians and control, yes?
1: That's right. There wouldn't be skin in the game. So it'd be much more politically convenient. There are a lot of factors that would make it uh, make conflict more likely. There'd be much more uncertainty as to exactly whether some other country might get suddenly a lot more powerful if they, you know, find some secret sauce or crack some code for figuring out how to make AI substantially smarter, that could make them immensely more powerful. So it creates a lot more, it creates a lot more tension. So I think one of the main things we need to do now is get momentum for making sure that this is a global priority so that we can sort of prevent Uh, an arms race, a military arms race, before it starts getting too much momentum. The only way to win World War III is not to get in it in the first place.
0: Yeah. How far do you think we might be from those terrifying scenarios we've been talking about? Do we actually control AIs now?
1: Um, well, we used to use words like control and talking about AI and, you know, designing them, um, and, uh, them, but it's basically become looser and looser words like steer them or aim them. And because <laughs> we're, we're really not running the show now, a lot of companies are having AIs training other AIs to make them smarter because humans are too, too slow for that. So we're, we're continually giving them a looser and looser leash and, um, uh, since humans can't uh, keep up with, um, or, or they're just not as efficient uh, as, as AI systems. So um, it's, it's, we're, we're progressively going down a, a uh, worse road there. We don't have a reliable way of making them robust and um, uh, highly reliable in lots of situations. This has been a, um, a problem that's been researched for over a decade. We still don't have any good solution for it. Um, so they're very manipulable and and uh, uh, or they they can be very vulnerable and behave quite chaotically. Um, we might need you know another decade or so to do it. Yeah. How far mm-hmm. is it away? Well, that depends. A lot of a lot of AI labs think that we could get something called a superintelligence, something vastly more intelligent than. <laughs> than all humans okay. by, in this decade. Um, Elon thinks Woo. maybe five to six years, okay. OpenAI thinks it's this decade, so it could be around the corner.
0: If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green, have a great weekend.